Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Pacific Time, as well as 1 a.m. Monday mornings, again Pacific Time, streaming live at richarddugan.com. And it's uh, during this year of 2020, the year of perfect vision, that we encourage you to go to the uh, link on the homepage or any of the other pages, for that matter, to listen live to the program or... You can go to the podcasts and we encourage you to go to the podcasts and we encourage you to listen to the entire interview. If our guests give us more than 50 minutes of time, then we take it and we run with it and we expound more on what uh, our guests are here to talk to us about. And we are very grateful for that extra time. And we certainly hope that you will avail yourself of their website. We will be giving you our guest's website here in just a few moments and introducing you to our guest who is going to share with us, some, I think, some very intriguing aspects, not just to the main focus of, of the conversation, but also to some, some uh, peripheral areas as well that are, are just as important. But uh, we certainly hope that you will listen to the, uh, the podcast, which gives you so much, so much more. We also hope that if you enjoy what we're doing and you do go to our guest website and you like what we are doing by providing these guests who give you the kind of information, inspiration um, uh, in uh, helping you to edify yourself and continue your evolutionary process and you'd like to support us financially, we would be greatly appreciative of that. We have a PayPal and Patreon account for security reasons so that uh, you can uh, contribute uh, without, uh, without concern in that regard. I prefer PayPal only because I like that middleman, so to speak. So I have a trail, and I can see where things are going. Uh, with all of that said, uh, very excited to to talk with our guest today, um, uh, Laurel Merlin uh, Mellon, I believe it is. Uh, I want to thank you. We're uh, we're going to talk about something I don't think most people are aware of, in spite of the fact, uh, Laurel, that and and by the way, you are a doctor, correct? I'm a health psychologist, and I'm a professor at UCSF Medical School. So up in San, yeah. San Francisco. Absolutely. And we're down here in Santa Barbara with UCSB. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Love it. And um, uh, all part of the same system, as it were, uh, as we all are part of the same system. But you're dealing with something uh, really kind of fascinating. Now, we've talked many, many times on this program with our guests and I've even put to them this question years ago. It was one of the three questions that I used to ask in regards to what we can do as human beings, what we can accomplish. And I've often put the question this way. How powerful are we? And part of your research into the work that you do, and I'm going to share with our listeners the website, so they can go there even now, ebt.org. And we'll find out exactly what that stands for in just a moment. But from the standpoint of your research, what you've discovered, especially when it comes to your focal point of people who are using food and they're, they're just, oh, they're overeating, they're eating the wrong things. Uh, because of the stresses in their life. That's really kind of the focal point is the issue of stress and, and, and eating. Um, so, so talk to us a little bit about that. Wow, what a great, great question to ask. I'd like to start 
back at the basics, if you don't mind, which is that uh, stress is inside of us. It's in the wiring in our unconscious mind, which is our emotional brain, which probably makes you think about Freud. Actually, Freud got it right that in stress, we create these pathways in our brain that get us stuck. So we can't get out of them. And what can we do but eat, drink, spend, whatever else we're going to do to feel better. What we've done with emotional brain training is to say, come on, as a survival need, we have to be able to get out of stress and get back to a state of connection, well-being, and joy. So our brain must allow us to do it. Let's not psychologize this. Let's, let's look at the biology of it. And it turns out that if we just use our emotions, uh, the emotions that we're born with, and we know how to harness those emotions, we can actually clear away stress. We can create resiliency pathways in our brain. We can shut off the circuits that cause us to overeat. And we can stop focusing on problems, but focus on that higher, the higher order rewards of life, because that's where our circuits in our brain take us, to absolute joy. So we've gotten too focused on pathology and not on the fact that we don't necessarily need all these medications, procedures, and devices. All we need to do is learn how to process intense negative emotions back to joy, and our life starts changing. Well, what I find interesting about this whole aspect of the brain is the mystery behind it, because as much as we know and or think we know about how the brain actually functions and what it's doing and so forth, there's still a lot we don't know, correct? Oh, there's so much we don't know. But unfortunately, my own belief is that we're going down the path that supports pharmacological treatments of the brain. Uh, and that is, is something that feeds the, the drug industry. What we have not, not focused on enough is our innate capacity to actually change those pathways in our brain and change our, our chemistry by changing from having stress reactive circuits that gets us stuck in stress overload with all those chemicals that are terrible for us that get in the way of our immune system and everything else and create addictions to turning those circuits over to stress resilient circuits. And what it takes is knowing how to process our emotions at a much deeper level than we've ever done before. We used to be in the habit of just saying, how do I feel? What do I need? That's not going to really change it. We have to be able to take a dive into our negative emotions, process them effectively the way the brain is set up to do, and we come back to a state of connection that is healing and positive chemically. Now, it has been said that we carry within us our own pharmaceutical company. And that we generate pretty much all of the chemistry we need to function from day to day, including dealing with stress. But the outside world isn't what it used to be, I don't know, 100, 500, 1,000, 10,000 years ago. And yet, in spite of what we would consider maybe a biological or physiological evolutionary process, if that has even happened... Um, we now take advantage of, and in some cases abuse, the external pharmaceutical uh, world. Uh, when in fact we have all of those all that chemistry within us, if we would just learn how to tap that, is is that a is that a fair assessment? 
that's the basis for emotional brain training, EBT. The reason is there's essentially it's not our fault because the whole system is set up for procedures, devices, um, medications. That's how medicine is set up to identify what's wrong with us. And what we need to do more of now is realize that the conditions we're facing are stress-induced conditions. In other words, once you activate a circuit that sh that turns on all these stress chemicals, you're going it's not what problem you have or or how bad it's going to be. It means that you're going to have a chemical effect of that and you're going to have one of the stress-related diseases, anxiety, depression, diabetes, obesity, at risk of cancer, at risk of uh, heart disease. All of these are essentially rooted in the brain being in a stressed out state. It's been said a time and time again in this in this uh, past decade, uh, the teens of the 21st century, especially the latter uh, few years uh, that, you know, we're we're in even more stressful times than ever. And yet. There are those who say, no, these aren't any more stressful than any other times. Uh, and I've heard the phrase, you know, that uh, in these uncertain times, which implies that there have been certain times, which has never been the case. When they talk, for example, about economics and they hear they, they throw out the numbers and you hear them talk about the numbers. And no matter what they no matter what the numbers are, positive or negative, they always complain. And I often say to the economists, so what numbers would make you happy that would de-stress you, so to speak? Um, is, is that your perspective of our lives today? Is it more stressful now or is it just this is I mean, wasn't it just as stressful in the medieval days, for example, uh, with the peasants, you know, and then the paupers and all this kind of stuff where <laughs> you were you were harassed by the overlords and overtaxed and punished and all of those kinds of things. It, how, it, how similar or different are our times today than in the past in regards great, to stress? Great question. I think I, I have an answer for you. So let, it's multifaceted. The first thing is that when I think, for example, my sister-in-law and her lost all of her family practically, or most of her family members or her grandparents and great-grandparents, you know, in World War II because she was Jewish. Now, if you take something like that, you say, well, you know, this extermination is not going on right now. There's some other factors that are mitigating. That is, for example, we live longer, so we have more chronic stress in our brain. And also the kind of stress we're dealing with is different than it was before. I mean, obviously there's nothing worse than being tortured or killed, right? But it's a sh typically a short-term process. What we're all, and, and also when you have really hard times when you're young or later during stress overload, you get circuits in your brain that cause a lot of stress and then they sit in your brain until you rewire them. And that's one of the things we do in emotional brain training, help people uh, rewire the circuits that make them overeat or from trauma or from difficulties. This is the difference. In the year 2020, which we're now well into, we know that the kind of stress that's happening for everyone, the shared stress, is rapid change that the hunter-gatherer brain can't take. So it's not so much that you're having a terrible event, it's that the overriding process in the brain is not for, it is for sameness and all we have is change is for low temptation, and we have more temptations now than ever. 
and it goes on for longer. So it essentially creates circuits in our brain that activate the stress chemicals so that we shut off all the healing chemicals and activate all the harmful chemicals. And then we wonder why we're so sick, depressed, miserable, and over overloaded. It's because of the type of stress, the duration of it, and it's it. we all face it. That's why we all need a way to combat it. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, you talk about the good chemicals and the bad chemicals, but it seems to me that when you talk about the bad chemicals, it's more that you've sort of suppressed the 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 interaction and the combination of the good and the bad. Again, using your definition in that regard, uh, when in fact all of the chemicals that we have in our body are supposed to be there, but they're supposed to be there in in some kind of a balance. And that's what you are working on with this emotional brain training, correct? Yeah, with emotional brain training, what we're saying is something really special, I think, because, uh, you know, I've had, I've raised three children, I've been through ups and downs, losses of parents and such, and different uh, catastrophes. So, you know, we're all in this together, and we're all going to have some events in our life that are difficult. What is new about emotional brain training, EBT, is that in the past, we had to use all these chemicals because we didn't understand how to control the chemicals in our body. This is a very, very important point. What happens is stress comes into our brain and it lands in the thalamus, which is in the emotional brain, and a bunch of circuits that are going to tell us what chemicals to unleash, how to feel, what to do, and how to respond, vie for activation. There's only two kinds of circuits. There's the good circuits, which are stress resilient, and there's the bad ones that are stress reactive. Stress is not bad, but when the stress reactive circuits get activated, they tend to get stuck on and cause chronic stress, which is bad, okay? So we're at EBT, we're going to the point of entry into the brain where you get triggered by a stress reactive circuit that's gonna make you have problems in one area or every area of life, and you learn how to turn off that sucker. You learn how to turn off the stress reactive circuit that's gonna cause your chemicals to go haywire, and at the same time, activate the stress resilient circuits so you're back to your state of well-being. And you can do that in two to four minutes if you learn the skill. That's why we want everyone to learn EBT. Nobody can get away with a normal life and not get all overloaded with stress now and then, even if it makes them go numb. If you don't have emotional tools, thinking is not enough, nor is exercise. Emotional tools is what does it. So when people say that they are taking this, whether it's a pharmaceutical, whether it's inhaled, whether you drink it, and they say, look, I'm just I'm just doing a little of my own self-medicating just to get through. Like maybe at the end of a, a day of work, you might go to the bar or you go home and you pour yourself a drink or a glass of wine or have a beer or whatever it might be. That is now introducing new chemicals that help one. And in many cases, as they say, self-medicating to numb so that they don't start, they don't feel this anymore because it, 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 the stress starts to hurt in, in a lot of different ways. But then of course they, and, and if, I, I should remember too, that they also take in the food. They start eating and eating. And, and I've, I have to tell you, there's one program on, on, uh, on demand on Hulu that I, I have a real hard time watching. 
and I think it's titled uh, My 600-Pound Life or something of that nature. That is a hard program to watch because I know that most likely if it isn't a quote, and I hope I have the right gland here, the pituitary, if it isn't a defect in the pituitary gland, there's something going on in the emotions due to previous trauma. And now they are eating and eating not only because of the stress, but in the process, they're also creating this shield to protect themselves. Well, Correct. What I would what I would say to them is, uh, the the brain adapts to anything, even to being six hundred pounds. And so that's one of the the awakenings in the brain that we want is to understand that most people are used to being stressed. They're comfortable being stressed out. Uh, they do not appreciate how bad they feel. And so that's why the goal of emotional brain training is to be what we called wired at one or wired for joy, where your brain really learns to have as much joy as you possibly can and to be of as much purpose as you possibly can. The issue is that we're not teaching, treating these problems like obesity or, or substance abuse or um, depression or anxiety based on how the brain actually operates. There are two books that are, we've just put out on emotional brain training where you can actually train your brain to get from stress to joy and learn the skills. One is the stress eating solution and one is the stress overload solution. And we're about to come out with a brand new book called uh, what, What's My Number? <laughs> and that, that's a simple book to so figure out what your number is. So if you that should be out in another month or so. If you want a real therapeutic book, it would be one of those two. But the new one that's just a little book is What's My Number? The idea is this that we are living in a society that is so used to feeling terrible and not even knowing it and being hooked on so many different medications that we don't want to go from one extreme to the other. If you want to come home at night and have a drink, if you want to go home and maybe go on a little binge and go on the internet and buy some shoes or something, what's the difference? If it doesn't get in the way of your health and happiness, don't worry. But everyone needs to have a foundation so the basic chemicals that are being activated in your body are not the stress-reactive ones that make you sick, tired, lethargic, fat, and miserable, and unproductive, but you can flip the switch and get those circuits, and it only takes a few minutes to flip the switch. The first time you do it, what people say to me is, why doesn't everybody do this? And I said, well, I don't know. We're trying to change the world in this in this in 2020. But the issue is you won't believe how great you can feel, and your reptilian brain will say, I don't know if I can feel this good. I've never experienced being able to switch off stress and switch on joy in my brain. So what's going on here? So it takes a while. So you try out the tools and then you learn how to rewire and then you just move your set point up so that you're wired for a state of, of connection. And that connection means sanctuary, feeling safe inside, authenticity, being genuine, vibrancy, having zest for life, uh, integrity, that deep feeling you're doing the right thing intimacy, spirituality, and freedom. And when you have all of those rewards, your brain is in neural integration and you are unstoppable. When no matter what comes your way, you move through your emotions back to that state of connection. And that makes life a lot better. And also it makes you stave off some of these terrible problems. You know, even with, um, you know, all these antibiotics that we've had, everyone's gotten a false sense of security that we can get around them. 
people think that they can take pills for depression. That's good to take pills if you need to, but that's not the solution. You're missing your joy. So we're just trying to arouse people to understand how much power we really have and how great we could feel if we use the basic neuroscience that's behind emotional brain training. You know, what you describe um, reminds me of an analogy that I heard and I've, I've kind of adopted a little bit, and that is our immune system, for example, which is nothing more than chemicals, right? It's a, the immune system is made up of different types of chemicals. And the immune system in the analogy is uh, like a, a, um, a military force. And why do you think that the military carries out various um, uh, trainings? It's to stay prepared, to stay strong, to be ready when when the quote unquote enemy attacks or to be ready on the offensive, etc., etc. Whereas, let's just say for the sake of argument. Uh, that uh, you had you had the military and the mindset was of a totally democratic, um, individualistic mindset in each one of the soldiers. Well, each one of the soldiers is going to decide to do whatever he or she wants. Well, the, how are you going to how are you going to defeat the enemy when they attack if each one of you has your own goal, your own idea, your own perspective? Um, and so, and of course, this is a, a dirty word here in 2020, especially with this election. Uh, the military is set up in, in a socialistic kind of government, if you will. You do not get to play individual. You know, you do not get that. If you're going into the military, you give up that individualistic attitude and you are now part of a team. And you work with that team and you have each other's back or as they say, I have your six and so on and so forth. So to me, when we take antibiotics, we take any kind of immune suppressing or interfering, if you will, types of drugs or chemicals, whatever they might be in food or drink or pharmaceutical. We weaken that that particular aspect of our biological strength, right? Well, I'd like you to look at it from the brain stand, state standpoint. Please. There are five le levels of stress in the brain. If you're at brain state one, and you learn this with what's what's my number and stress eating solution and stress overload solution, you learn how to think differently. You learn about what's going on in your brain. So just imagine your brain from top to bottom. And at the very top of your brain, you're in low stress, and that neocortex is in charge, and everything's really good. Your immune system is going great. Okay. And then it goes downhill so, so that by the time you're really stressed out, you're at brain state five. And if you're stuck in that state, your immune system's going to be a mess. Okay? So the issue is that what we want in medicine is to, is to individualize the care based on your physiology. And if you're at a point where you're at a set point of over, stress overload, which is the root cause of up to 90% of all problems, that's why we want to get the brain out of that stress overload. Then you're going to need to use more medications, procedures, devices, and one-on-one -on -one support to survive. Okay? If you're not at that stress overload state and you're a little higher, you're going to want to be sure to use a lot of emotional brain training to get that set point up so that you can actually defend yourself from dying and you don't have to use the antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So this is why 
It's not one size fits all. Stress in the brain is five different levels of stress. You got to know what your brain state is in the moment because it's always changing. If you don't like your brain state, use one of the emotional tools and switch it up. Thinking or exercise won't do it. And secondly, if your set point where you've written gotten the habit of being at five is so bad that you have no defenses and you're going to really die if you don't get those extra medications, then it's really important to live. Get the medications and then start moving your brain set point up so that you can take care of yourself. Uh, and that's just something that everyone needs to figure out for themselves in consultation with their physician. You know, but the idea is use what you've got. Get that set point up. Protect yourself. You know, and so I will modify that analogy to say that it isn't uh, the exercises, the training. It is the hierarchy. Let's just say it's the general. And if the general is not fully competent to uh, 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 lead his men into battle knowing the strategies for whatever reasons he's not 100% there or he's only 75% there or just like you talk about the different levels of the brain of the stress level uh, then the military the, the 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 men and women they don't know what to do if they're not given good instructions they have no clue as to what to do so let's you and you um uh, you talk about these five levels yes. that we can work on, but you, you also talk about, you, you st- uh, if I'm correct, you made the comment just a few moments ago about um, once you start using these tools, uh, these emotional brain training tools, um, that you are now ready to face the next stressors that come along because uh, that was kind of my next question. Okay. You, you talk about how quickly this happens, you know, I guess you say like within minutes, uh, if you will, you know, so let's just say for the sake of argument, okay, I've used the tools. I am at the top now. Uh, I'm feeling great. Um, my system is doing well. The chemicals are firing the kinds that I need that are going to help me, that are going to support me, move me forward. I'm back on track. I'm living my life's purpose. And then all of the sudden, this massive stressor comes along. What happens to me? Okay. So take a deep breath and appreciate that in medicine, we've been focusing on medications and such. It's a new day. We're now in the age of the emotional brain. The medications are not going to save us. Changing the emotional brain is. So if you're going to change your own unconscious mind, how it processes stress, you've got to have a step-by-step, structured, safe program and pace. And this is how it works. When you first start emotional brain training, what you do is you play with our app. Brain-Based Health by EBT, because that's all your stressed-out brain's going to want to do, okay? So you play with the app, and you say, oh, my gosh, I just got from stress to joy. Maybe this would work. Once you do that, what happens is you do that for a couple weeks, and you say, hey, I noticed that I can really get from stress to joy, but then it disappears because there's these big circuits in the bottom, bottom of my brain that tell me to eat, drink, spend, get depressed, that I'm a bad person, that I'm not worthy. And so I'm going to learn how to rewire those emotional circuits. This is not psychotherapy. This is neurophysiology and neuroplasticity. And so I'm going to go in and in 30 days, that's why we have the stress eating solution and the stress overload solution book. In 30 days, preferably go to our website, ebt.org, so you can get support. And you, you, you learn how to zap a circuit. I was just doing a telegroup this morning, and someone said, 
I've got a circuit inside of my brain that tells me I am bad. And she started to psychologize it. And I said, that is not about psychology. That is a wire that was encoded in your brain at a certain age. You're going to go in and you're going to knock out that wire. You're going to learn how to knock out that wire. It's a very specific process. And she says, cool, I can do that. That's something I can do. Something. I don't want to go to therapy for 20 years. I want to get in there and take those circuits that are blocking my joy and making me overeat or, or be stalled at work or whatever. And so you just have this amazing amount of power to rewire those circuits. Once you've rewired four of them, then you focus on just moving your set point up and having joy in your life because the brain wants you to be of that higher order purpose. It wants you to move your set point up. It helps you set it, but you've got to get unstuck by those first two steps. Try out the tools and then learn how to rewire, and then you're going to be unstoppable. And that is the key right there. And we're going to talk more about brain-based health, which is the new paradigm in healthcare uh, that taps into the natural transforma- transmor- tra- <laughs> transformative power of the brain to move us through stress to optimal states of well-being. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Laurel Mellon, and we certainly hope that you will go to EBT, that's EBT.org, for emotional brain training. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. And we certainly want you to stay right where you are. Tell me your stories. I'll do my best to understand you. And welcome back to Tell Me Your Story New Paradigms for a New World. You know that the brain responds in daily life by activating, as we've been talking, uh, neural circuits. Are, are those referred to as, uh, are those the synapses? So or is that something uh, different? It's, it's kind of like that. What it is is neurons connect with other neurons to form patterns through synaptic connections. And these neural circuits are what controls our life. Like if I could just disappear and just be the main person I am, I would be a thinking brain, a neocortex that can manage my circuits, and I'd be a whole bunch of circuits, either stress reactive or stress resilient. And that would be who I really am. In those circuits, that's our emotions, our responses, our drives. And what we can do with EBT is learn how to shut off those responses that somehow got stuck in our brain and are controlling us and activate ones of our own choosing that reflect the deepest part of ourselves. So that's what we're doing. Neural circuits, they have not been talked about before. And that's why we're so excited because this is a public health method. Anyone can use this. Children, adolescents, adults, older people. It's really just the same for everyone. The same emotional tools apply. But we can control these circuits. In fact, these emotional circuits are among the most plastic in our brain. If we, didn't, if we couldn't change how we respond to life, we would have gone the ways of the dinosaur. Humans are very adaptive during stress. So we're using that stress neuroplasticity to change our own brains in daily life. You know, when you're taking out the trash or when you're taking care of a child or you're worried about your parent who's sick or your dog needs medication and you don't have enough money for it. These are normal daily stresses that activate enough stress that you can actually use them to rewire your circuits for more resilience and well-being. That's what we're doing. Well, I'll tell you what, what you have described thus far to me is fascinating because what it is telling us, and and I will share with you uh, that I've shared with my listeners uh, over the years, I've been through personal growth programs, these, those, you know, those five day intensives, you go Wednesday night, you go Thursday night, Friday night, and then Saturday, Sunday. 
I went through the, my first one was called Life Spring. It was a spinoff from Est from the 70s. Uh, and I went through the three levels of that. And then there was another one that came up and I went through that. And I used to look around the room early on in those programs and I'd go, boy, you know, I wish, I wish these people would get it. And I kept saying that to myself. And then I'm going, wait a minute, uh, I'm in the room too. So I guess I wish I would get it, you know, (laughs) but what they were trying to do was something I, I want to say similar, but it isn't. I understand that. But what they try and what they tried to do was retrain us. They they would break us down first, you know, and then they would build us back up again. And they would try to get us to look at things from a different perspective. I loved one. And that was uh, people in the first night would complain and wonder, oh, I really don't want to be here. I wish I was somewhere. And the facilitator would stand up and say, uh, you know, I know a lot of you people are complaining because you, you say you don't want to be here. But I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you do want to be here. Because <laughs> if you didn't want to be here, you would be somewhere else. But guess where you are? Here. And I at first I'm going what huh and then i got it i'm going oh oh yeah when we face the stressors in our lives that we do what it sounds to me like you are talking about in relationship to the brain to the brain is more and more about shifting our emotional perspective our emotional uh, um, uh, oh, uh, 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 the, the, the way we react to the stressors that come our way, that bombard us. Um, exactly. That's really what you're talking about. Exactly. When you get stressed, it's an emotional circuit gets activated. Let me tell you, I feel sad when I hear uh, what, what you went through with all those weekends, because <laughs> if, if you, <laughs> if, it's a good idea to be stressed emotionally and respond differently. It's just that's a very clunky and expensive way to do it. A different way based on EBT is these are tools in the brain that's the basis for all transformation, except instead of getting them through a therapist or some other way where you're getting little bits of insight along the way, There's no guru. I, Laurel Mellon, have been working on this for more than 30 years. I'm not a guru. I'm a neuroscientist. I'm a health psychologist. Uh, I am uh, part of a team of people uh, that are working on this to give the fundamental tools that we all need to be able to respond differently in the moment, on the spot, without a guru or a therapist telling us what to do. We're our own internal guru or therapist. All we need is these fundamental tools and we can actually be in a little small peer group and play with each other and use the skills whatever it is and we don't just get one insight we we involve ourselves in learning the tools so that for the rest of our lives when we get triggered we know how to get out of it for the rest of our lives we know how to change the fundamental architecture of our own brain so that we're happier and healthier as we age as we come into different conflicts, because we have it inside ourselves, the toolkit. I don't know if if you have done this particular uh, aspect of research, but I'm wondering if 
we have evolved. Have our brains over the hundreds or thousands of years of existence, have they evolved at all? Because some people say that humanity, and they use the analogy of uh, the caveman in the cave. Some people say we're right at the threshold of the entrance to the cave. Other people say, no, 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 we're back against the back wall. That's how that's how little we've come, how, how, how we haven't come very far at all in terms of uh, uh, our, our ways in which we deal with one another. We still hear about man's inhumanity to man. Talk to us. So if there is such a thing as uh, the evolved 21st century brain as compared to, I don't know, the first century or the 21st century brain B.C., Yes, there's two major changes. Number one, that we now have a brain in our thinking brain, our neocortex, is has a center in it for higher purpose. And we have the capacity to be able to think of, about doing things for the right reason, for integrity, authenticity, vibrancy, freedom, whatever that is. And that those that, that thought, if we're not in stress shuttles down to the reward center in our emotional brain and gives us an amazing high from doing the right thing. And that amazing high that with the capacity we have can shut off stress to a certain point. The problem is, so the good news is we have the capacity to be more loving, more responsive, more compassionate, more forgiving, more hopeful, more in awe of the beauty of life than the brain from uh, from, from a long time ago in hunter-gatherer times. The difference is this chronic stress that we're facing loads the brain up with stress, so the brain disconnects, the thinking brain can't think of higher order purpose, and then we go into We have a greater capacity, but the stress overload means that if we don't have the tools to take that stress, that anger, that that fury, that that depression, all these these emotional states that are stuck and move through them, we will inadvertently be our worst selves instead of our best selves. I'd like to point out, regardless of your political or religious views, Mm -hmm. there is a preponderance in uh, high power positions of people that mean well, start out well, and get to what you would call a brain state one, where they're integrated, they're spiritually connected, they're doing things for the right reason. And unfortunately, the stress overload ends up triggering them into a five state, which is a five state is all hedonistic. It's given to extremes. It's doing things they never thought they would do. And their thinking brain has gone for a holiday and they don't even know they're doing it until they're so far down the road. I'm saying there's a lot of room for forgiveness in this world because we haven't had the emotional tools and it's only emotional processing tools that will do it to switch off that five state move up to that one state and get back to being the kind of people we want to be. It's very hard right now. There's a lot of stress, a lot of opportunity for transformation, but we've been told that all we have to do is think our way out of it or take medications to get out of it. Not the case. They've now shown at NYU and New York University that you can't think your way out of stress. In the old days, you know, 1980s or whatever, the level of chronic stress was such that you really could sort of figure things out. We now know that the modern amount of the less the stress we have in modern life essentially 
it's so high that it shuts off the thinking brain. And even though when we're feeling really good, we think we can think our way out of it. As soon as stress goes high, we're like going back to what we used to do that we told ourselves we'd never do again. And we can't help it because the brain stress is that high. All right. Uh, boy, a, a flood of questions. I'm going to start with this one. Tell me about what people mean by and its relationship to what you just described the reptilian brain. What the yes. hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. Okay. So remember the emotional brain training system, it's a safe, simple system that you can use to understand what on earth is going on in life. And what's going on in life is a different area of your brain is in charge based on how stressed you are. So if you're at one, your neocortex is in charge and you can think magnificent thoughts and you're a, a different kind of person. All you have to do is have someone reject you, uh, judge you, blame you, get a stomach ache, any kind of stress, and all of a sudden you're at two, three, four, and five, and a different, a different brain area is in charge. When you're at five, the reptilian brain is in charge, and you are like an animal. So all of us have all five of these different levels of stress, and therefore a different area of the brain in charge. It's not bad to be stressed. For example, I, <laughs> I I wrote these two books, Stress Overload Solution and the Stress Eating Solution, and they're pretty detailed. It's a 30-day program. And I thought that if I just wrote these books, that everyone on earth would be using EBT. And then I realized, I thought, oh my gosh, I need to write a really simple book. I'm going to write What's My Number? And now I'm going to hope that everybody finds out about this. But I had to go through being at Brain State 5 to say, oh my gosh, not everyone on earth is buying the 30-day solution plan or whatever it is. And I had to be at five for long enough to break up my old beliefs and my own circuits. It's only when you're in stress that the old ways of thinking, the, the synaptic connections in the neurons of the circuits open up like a flower. And if you can stay present to your stress, that means pain, feel your feelings, be loving to yourself, these circuits break up, and a new circuit that's a better circuit that's going to hold you in a state of connection better. And I finally said, oh, gosh, I've been really stressed. But I stayed with myself. And now I say, oh, I get it. I need to write another book. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> you see, what I'm saying is the reptile is not all bad. Okay. You go down, down to five for a moment or two or for as long as you need to to grieve, to break up the old beliefs and to rewire them to deeply, deeply held new beliefs. Then you spiral up to a brain state one, and then you go forward with purpose. It's all about love and giving back, not about power. The reptilian brain is all about power. Now, I'm going to throw two, two examples at you here, and, and tell me if I'm even close. Even if I'm even close uh, to anything resembling EBT, emotional brain training. Uh, the first one is... And most people str suffer stress over their finances. And I've been going through the same cycle most of my life, as most people have. And my God, I'm almost 60. I have made it this far. I've survived in spite of the stress that I get under as we get to the end of the pay period before the next payday is still days away. It seems like it's years. And I know bills are coming in and there's this happening. And I start to, no, 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 no. I start to stress out. And then we get through the payday and, oh, all right, I can relax now. And I keep telling myself, look, 
when I get to that stressed moment. Look, you're still alive. It didn't kill you. So you need to just calm down. And that's one example. The other one has to do with our president. Now, I'm not being political here, mind you. But I got drawn into the whole morass uh, back in September of 2016. I got out of it six months later, and I went through three stages of my own. The first was I said, thank you, teacher, for teaching me how not to behave. The second stage was I forgive you, but more importantly, I forgive myself for allowing myself to be drawn into this morass. The third stage was totally uh, uh, unselfish and um, uh, very, very humanitarianly motivated. The question that I would put to this gentleman is, and this is not to change him, this is so that I can understand why, what is it that you're so afraid of that uh, you have to behave this way, speak this way, et cetera, et cetera. So I've been able to sort of shut down that whole thing. Do I still get wound up from time to time? Sure, in conversation. But I have to keep reminding myself, look, he's a human being. I'm a human being. We both belong on the planet. We all have roles to play, blah, blah. In other words, I'm, I think I'm intellectualizing it. I'm not dealing with the emotions. Am I even close? Or, or, I'm way, or am I out in the South 40 kind of just uh, playing with the grass out there and, and <laughs> has nothing to do with EBT? Well, I, it, it all has to do with EBT because the foundations of health and life are the emotional circuits in our brain and how we process our emotions because we're used to suppressing them and overthinking. So I would say to you, number one, can I just give you a little uh, feedback here? Please, absolutely. Okay. From what I can tell, your set point is, is probably two and two to three because you have enough circuits in your brain that's all about connection and trying to figure it out rather than a set point at five where it's all about blame shame and shutting down okay okay so you have a, a relatively high set point in the united states the best of our um estimation the set point in the 80s and 90s was was probably a two it's now a four once you go below three your ability to have compassion, to connect with yourself, to empathize goes out the window. And that's why we get into these extremes. We just, we're going to get as many uh, survival type uh, artificial pleasures as possible and as much extremes. And then we go back and forth between extremes. You're working way too hard. You need an instant dose of EBT. I'll, I will send you the Brain Based Health by EBT app. I want you to start using it just three times a day. We don't want to freak out your brain. <laughs> okay. And it starts to be really fun. But let me just just tell you the difference. I'm gonna I'm gonna be you for a second. Okay. Okay. And tell me. Okay. So the difference is you are working really hard with your neocortex, your thinking brain, to process all these emotions. And the fact is that's the that's the old fashioned way of doing it. You now have another way where you can actually say to yourself, "What's my number?" One, two, three, four, five. So when you find out about, let's say, your money, the, the money situation, when you start to worry about it, are you at one, feeling present with a glow in your body, two, present, no glow, three, a little stressed, four, definitely stressed, or five, stressed out? What do you get to? What number? I'm going to say four. Four, great. Four is the most popular number. Because you can't think your way out of it. Right. You can't just say, how do I feel? It doesn't work. I don't know how I feel. I just feel bad. You immediately say, I'm at four. I'm going to use the tool, the emotional tool for four. And I'll be at one within two minutes. 
Do you want me to do it for you or do you want me to take you through it? Absolutely, please. Okay, do you want me to take you through it or do you want me to give you a demo? No, please take me through it. Okay, so I want you to use your thinking brain, your prefrontal cortex behind your forehead okay. to repeat very specific lead-ins that have been developed over more than 30 years, little phrases, in the order that I show you. Okay. And then what I want you to do is pause and turn your attention to your body. We experience our emotional brain in our body, so you're going to watch for what's happening here. And then something is going to, if you pause, you don't want to do it from your head because that's only thinking and that doesn't give you any any power. Mm -hmm. You say that the, and then you wait for something to bubble up from your body. Are you ready? Okay. The first thing you're going to do is complain three or four sentences. And we're going to talk about the finances, right? Right. Or want to talk about the politics, either one. It doesn't matter. No, I'll do the finances. The finances. Mm -hmm. So you're going to say, you're, I'm going to say a lead-in. This is just on the app. And then you're going to repeat the lead-in. And then you're going to wait for the wisdom of your emotional brain to go into your body and bubble something up. The situation is, you say, the situation is. The situation is. Now you're going to complain three or four sentences. Explain it. Just the facts. That I am unable to get ahead with paying off credit cards because the interest rate is just too damn high. What I'm most stressed about now, you're going to let your, you're going to go down to your body again. It's going to organize everything for you. What I'm most stressed about, just something short. What I'm sure, most stressed about is. What I'm most stressed about is the lack of money after the paycheck to the next one and living paycheck okay. to paycheck. Okay. So the, 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 so that's living paycheck to paycheck or just use four-year-old language because that's what the reptilian brain likes to hear. <laughs> I don't have enough money or don't. there's not enough cushion, whatever that is. Okay. What is that? Uh, I would say there's not enough cushion. Okay, great. Okay, that's our topic. Okay. And we're not going to frown with thoughts. We're going to go right into feelings. You're going to stay on that topic. I don't have enough cushion. Uh, money cushion. Say it again, please. The topic. I don't have enough cushion. I don't, I don't have enough cushion. So you're going to get really angry because you want to protest that. I feel angry that I don't have enough cushion. I don't have enough cushion. I can't stand it that I don't have enough cushion. I can't stand it that I don't have enough cushion. I hate it that I don't have enough cushion. I hate it that I don't have enough cushion. Now three more angers. I hate it. I hate it. I hate, I hate it. it. I hate it. I hate it. Until you, all of a sudden you notice that you feel just slightly sad. Stay in anger as long as you need to until you're slightly sad. Okay. Tell me when you're slightly sad. Yeah, now. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you just get one sadness because you're going to go, you have to do this in time. It's only going to take a couple of minutes. Right. I feel sad that, and watch, complete the sentence. I feel sad that. I feel sad that I don't have uh, a, enough of a cushion. Take a nice deep breath. Don't think. Just feel. Just feel in your body. That's what changes the circuit. Feel it. Feel really good. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sadness fade. Okay. Yeah. You're almost there. Now okay. you're going to say, I feel afraid that. I Watch what comes up. I, I feel afraid that. I won't uh, be able to do the things that I want to do from day to day. Woohoo! You're getting yeah. there. You're getting there. Feel okay. it in your body until it fades. Okay. All right. Okay. And 
now you're going to get your power. Guilt is not shame. It's what could I, hey, I have some a part to play in this. What could I do differently? I feel guilty, given this is causing me stress, mm -hmm. I feel guilty that I don't just... I feel guilty that I don't just accept uh, uh, the, the things uh, as they are without getting stressed out. And of course I get stressed uh, stressed out more than just would be, you know, unavoidable because my unreasonable, this is a circuit in your brain, mm -hmm. my unreasonable expectation is I get my safety from... Well, I, I get I, I get my safety from uh, more of a cushion. I get my more safety of a cushion. From, from I get my safety. I don't I don't I don't do something about it because I get my safety from um, emotional ups and downs, worrying about it, mm. complaining about it, not doing anything about it. Um, trying to put it out of my mind. I get my safety from oh. I don't do anything about it because I get my safety from. Oh, I get my safety from uh, uh, trying to 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 fix the problem. You Fixing know. problems. Yeah, trying to fix it and and uh, obsess about it. Yeah, and and, and I don't and, and I feel frustrated because I'm constantly fixing it from month to month. It's like it never ends, and it's just it's so frustrating. And, and I don't do anything about it because I get my safety from. I don't do anything about it because I get my safety from. Or you might say, yeah. I worry about it so much because I really believe that I get my safety from money or get my safety from. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because I, 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 I feel like I, I get my safety from money. I, that, that, that's what keeps me going sometimes. It's not that my okay, life but is. I don't, yeah. Take a nice deep breath. I don't do anything about it because you could. You could earn more money, spend less money, make mm -hmm. an adjustment, mm -hmm. and you stay stuck there because. There's something else more rewarding for you than fixing the problem. Yeah. I get my safety from I I get I, I, I get my from worrying about it from being I don't know from being on purpose it's come up from your body. Yeah, uh, I I get I get I my safety from uh, being of service of of, uh, of 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 living my life's purpose yeah. of doing the things that I I do that I love to do. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go over and set a limit now. Okay. I myself to get my safety from my life purpose, not from having tons of money. I choose to get my safety from uh, living my life's purpose rather than having a cushion in money. Positive and powerful thought? Yeah. I can do that. Uh, and I can do that. The hard part in holding on to that purpose is it's a change. I can't worry. I can't obsess about it. I've got to accept that that's who I am. Yeah. What's the hard part for you in accepting that's just who you are, a person of purpose, and you're not going to change the other part because you could, but you're not going to. I, I think it's um, what when I am in that on purpose mode, I don't think about that. And then when I get into it, I forget about being on purpose. And somehow yeah. I think that. That's so this yeah. is called the take action side. Yeah. I expect myself to say rock solid that what my life is about is purpose and the rest doesn't matter that much. Yeah. Yeah. I expect myself. Go ahead. And I, I feel like, well, in the universe, it's like if I'm on purpose, then the universe will take care of me. Yeah. That'll all be Positive. there. Yeah. And the, the reward for me is what in my life? 
sanctuary, authenticity, vibrancy, integrity, intimacy, spirituality, or freedom? What really matters to you, Richard? I would say spirituality. Yeah. Oh, woohoo! Higher self. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I really do. I love that. Well, I'm looking forward to getting that app, and I encourage people to go to your website, ebt.org, to find out more. Our guest today is Dr. Uh, Laurel Mellon, and we are talking about uh, this incredible brain-based technology, if you will. That's the interesting thing I find. So, I, again, I find this also fascinating because, as we said at the front end of the program, as much as we know, we still don't know so much. Are we... Uh, it's been said as I've grown up in school, they said this when I was in school in the sixties and seventies, that we're only using 10% of our brain. Is that still true? It's probably less than that. And the reason (laughs) is, we're we're using all our brain to think way too much. And all we have to do is process our emotions our strong negative emotions. Just see what you did. Angry, sad, afraid, guilty. And it turns into power. So you don't have to overthink all the time. You can be connected. And when you're connected, doing what's most important, which is processing those negative emotions back to joy, what happens is you can free yourself up to really use more of your brain to actually be of purpose and give back to the world. I have to throw another element in here before we close out our program because I think it's really important. We've talked about it time and time again on this program, and uh, I find it fascinating. Music and its influence on us, not just emotionally, but how studies have shown, and I researched this as well. Um, I I looked into the Mozart effect, and I, I asked the question. My first question about that whole concept was, why Mozart? Why not Bach, Beethoven, Rostakovich, Tchaikovsky, etc., etc., etc.? And apparently, it had something to do with the rhythm that that Mozart had put into his music, subconsciously, unconsciously, who knows? But talk to us about vibration and music. If there's any relevance from your research, your study, your work, uh, that. Uh, that can assist us throughout the day. I I know one thing that natural pleasures, music, poetry, dancing, singing, being out in nature, all of those things we can totally appreciate and take in when we're at brain state one. And when we're at five, they feel like an assault on our being because we need the artificial addictive pleasures. The second thing is that, lifestyle is very about 50% of health is lifestyle, but you can't go in and listen to Mozart. And if it feels good, it's going to be good for you. If it feels good to you in your body, it's actually promoting healing chemicals because there's a lot of variability among individuals, but getting into that state where you want to go out and enjoy the natural pleasures means you have to be at brain state one or two. I want to mention something that most people use something called cognitive behavioral therapy, which we now know that cognitive therapy doesn't work and you use cognitive therapy to change behavior. It's emotional. What I mean by that is that if you're trying to think your way through things, shift downward because we're in the age of the emotional brain. And if you can learn how to control that brain and get yourself back to a state of connection, then you take action. 
CBT got it all wrong. Mm. They said, change your thoughts or change your behaviors. No. You use EBT to change your emotional state and your behaviors and your thoughts will follow. You'll know just the music you want. You'll know just the partner you want. So start with processing your emotions. After you do that, take effective action. Listen to that music. Enjoy natural pleasures, but don't force yourself when you're in stress to do it or you'll get rebellion, stalls, and overload. I'm going to throw another one at you. What about neurolinguistic programming? Neurolinguistic programming is something I don't want to comment on because I uh, don't know enough about it to do that. All okay. I know is that whatever is therapeutic, whether you're doing psychotherapy, whether you're doing um, EMDR, whatever you're doing, we're all in this together. Everyone is trying to get at the stress reactive circuits at the bottom of the brain, whether you're using religion or you're using helping other people. If we can get the circuits at the bottom of our brain that are telling us to go to disconnect from ourselves and connect to unhealthy things, if we can get rid of the stress reactive circuits in our brain that says to us, I am bad, um, I don't exist, um, I'm not worthy, by disrupting these circuits in the moment or rewiring them, transforming them like we do in EBT, allows us to open up to the natural health and vibrancy that's, that's part of our genome. We have that inside of us. These circuits are blocking it. And any way you can get them unblocked, great. EBT is a way that you can do it yourself independently and have the skills inside of you. And then add all those other methods if you want to, but start with the basics. Get the skills to go inside yourself, switch off the circuits that harm you, switch on the circuits that heal you, move up your set point, and notice how much more loving and compassionate and productive and healthy you are. Let me ask you about a, an individual who, at the age of 25, was sentenced to 25 years in prison for his activist activism, if you will, violent uh, activism, antisocial activism. And um, he went on, you know who this is, he went on to become the president of South Africa, the late Nelson Mandela. Now, I remember hearing the story of how he was in prison, and he talked about how he had a choice to make. He could either continue down the path he was going, which was really how he got in the prison in the first place, or he could go a different direction. And obviously he did. What are your thoughts about he and people like him who make that switch? They, they, they flip whatever it is that they flipped, switch or what have you, uh, to, to go in a more productive, positive, life-affirming, uh, if you will, socially acceptable life, uh, have the, did they use something along these same lines? Well, EBT is a method that's meant for people to have the power to be someone like Mandela and to also be someone that's had a great life and just make your life better because it's the same process. The fact that he went into a five state, he was in a horrible, horrible, stressed out environment. In that state of five, that's where transformation occurs if you process your emotions. If you distract yourself by overthinking, over staying busy, uh, using substances, you're not gonna transform. But he was actually, this was a blessing. In a way, he was in an environment, no matter how terrible it was, if you have adversity insufficiency, you, you don't go into five enough to update your emotional architecture in your brain, you will stay an emotional child. 
if you think about the, the who he was when he was performing these these uh, terrible things, he was really functioning out of his reptilian brain. He was like a one or two year old that had very long arms and very long legs and could do a lot of damage, but he was still functioning at a very infantile level. To get past that and to evolve means going through a lot of stress, somehow holding on to yourself. That's why spiritual methods work, mm-hmm. because if you can hold on to yourself in a belief system or an emotional state where you can find a little bit of love for that horrible person you are inside, those circuits begin to change, and you often go from a five set point to a one set point. So some of the most wonderful people are people that have been in terrible situations, been able to get that spiritual connection. Spirituality is emotional, being able to get a little bit of growth there, and then it starts mushrooming and they end up becoming one of the most loving, productive people on the planet. You know, as we talk, more questions come, but I can't keep you much longer because I know you've got to move on, and so do I. But I, it's, it's, uh, I look forward to having you back because to me this is fascinating. Uh, because, though, please understand, um, I realize this isn't quote-unquote a quick fix, but boy, it's quick. Uh, and it's exciting, too, because the prospects are so enormous uh, that that we have the opportunity uh, to literally, and I, I, I joke with people about this, they say, well, you know, what, what are you all about? I said, well, I'm trying to change the world. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to change the world. And that that's not to say, please understand, I'm not saying that this is a terrible place that needs to be changed. I'm saying this is a wonderful, incredible exploration of, of a world that, that we have right before us, and yet it could be better. I mean, that's my whole... My whole job has been over the years uh, to uh, uh, at radio stations to make the radio station I work at better than it was the day before, not to make it better than the competition. I don't care about the competition. I care about yesterday and tomorrow for where I'm at. Are we better today than we were yesterday? Will we be better tomorrow than today? Well, only tomorrow will tell. That's where I'm coming from. So to me, this is exciting. And I'm not sitting here, folks. This is not an endorsement of EBT.org and and the work and everything. I'm just excited about the prospects. So I ask you to uh, go to our our website to listen to the podcast. Go to her website, Dr. Laurel uh, Mellon, and uh, her website is, of course, EBT for Emotional Brain Training that's EBT.org, and find out all about this incredible work that she's doing because one of the areas we haven't had a chance to get into, and that is the whole spiritual aspect of the transformation of an individual. And by the way, for speaking of spiritual, um, one of the things that I, I've gleaned off of some of the words of, of, uh, of the Christ in the, Old, in the New Testament has to do with uh, where he's sitting around uh, performing miracles and his, his disciples are like, wow, that's cool. Oh, very cool. Hey, uh, do you think we could do that too? And he says, are you kidding me? Really? This stuff? Oh, that, that's, this, is, this is in nothing. This is nothing compared to the works that you will do. And I believe the works he was talking about was transforming our lives. Nothing else. We're not about raising the dead. We're not about healing the sick. I, I, I even had some people come to me when I was working in a Christian station. 
uh, come to me and want to pray for me because I was legally blind at the time and they wanted to pray for my vision. I said, no. Now, that's where I was at the time. I said, but my purpose is not to be healed. My purpose is to do the work that I'm doing for you. (laughs) So... (laughs) that's really where we want everyone to try to get to. It's again, it's, it's their choice. We're not forcing or foisting this on anybody. It's if there's a, a scintilla, uh, just an inkling, a little spark inside somewhere that says, this seems very interesting. Pursue that. We talk about our intuition an awful lot on this program, uh, Dr. And that's another area that I wish we had time to get into. Uh, But we will have you back to talk more about this because this is, to me, this is fascinating. You Have me back, please. I'm going to have another book come out. Okay. I tell you, I love what you're doing. This is all all spiritual work. You're the best. You are the best. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. You get it. I would be honored. And we've been talking this program with Dr. Laurel Mellon. She is at ebt.org. We encourage you to go there. We also encourage you to go to richarddugan.com. Listen to the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and all of the other places where we can be found. We encourage you also to support us if you can do that financially uh, at PayPal or Patreon on our website. We have links allowing you to do just that. I'm Richard Dugan, and this has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. Don't make your dreams come true. Until next time, love to law.